0: You are listening to the Age of Heroes podcast, a podcast dedicated to pop culture, fandom, and the geek world. My name is J.P. Saurikolia. I am a digital creator committed to inspiring others to pursue their passions, their dreams, and goals. I am sitting down with creators and influencers from all walks of life to talk about their work, their experiences, and how to make a positive impact. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys, how you doing? JP Sarikolia here and welcome again uh, to another episode of H of Heroes. This is the first episode of this new season, uh, season five. And it's been an amazing ride. Thank you for those who have been waiting for an episode for quite some time. It's been probably close to a year since we did uh, the last episode. Um, but now we're coming back and we have a, we are going to have a new format with this podcast It's going to be interview based. Uh, we're going to have interviews with people who are involved in different hobbies and whether it's statue collecting toy collecting comics and uh we're gonna touch bases with some of them and we're going to discuss the hobby discuss the things that we love and also getting a little more in depth into some conversations that normally linger around the different platforms and uh social media places so uh today i have a guest of honor uh, my good friend b Muda, for those who are familiar with him Perhaps you don't know Chris, but perhaps you know his channel. He's been in the in the hobby for a long time. I know him for quite some time. This is actually the first time we talk face to face even though it's through this platform. That's right. Yeah. And um he's a guy that I trust very very much. Uh his opinion. I know him for for, for I don't know how many years now, but it's been a while. Uh, we started we knew each other starting at statue uh forum and uh He is a terrific guy. He is the one that was in charge of the Statue Forum Awards that later became the Bimuda Awards. In my opinion, the best awards in the industry up to this point. Many have copied it. Many still try to copy it. But I think he is the best or he did it the best way, the most professional, the most comprehensive way. And it's a person that I admire very much because he, um, he knows what he, uh, you know, the, what he does. He is involved and he's al- always going to give you not the 100%, but he's always going to give you whatever he does. He's always going to do 120, 200%. Uh, so I want to <laughs> welcome you, Chris, for, to, the, to the podcast. And uh, this is available, of course, through YouTube, but also through different listening platforms. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Great. Thanks, JP. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, it is actually my pleasure,
0: but thank you thank you uh well like i was mentioning chris um you know i know you for quite some time um and it's always i always admire your capacity to get things done um i talked to other collectors in the past uh when we were at statue forum um w- which is amazing because i still remember when i was at statue forum and uh, when we were, both of us we were participating there and working with the 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 reviews and stuff like that i remember one of the mother actually where two moderators came to me and says we have a guy that he wants to do some um awards that's what they say and i don't know if i've mentioned this to you um but they say um but we want you to kind of introduce him into the reviewing team and talk to him about the rules and blah 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 and uh just talk to him i didn't know you uh i wasn't unfamiliar with your work. And, uh, that's how everything started. So I kind of introduced you to, to everything and all, everything that happened. But to me, that was like, you had an idea that crossed my mind at some point, but, uh, I didn't know how to do it. You know, we didn't know, we were starting doing a lot of reviews, but you already had a vision and you run with that vision. Um, and it was an amazing I would say one of the best part some of the best years of my life in this hobby. Uh in the sense of seeing things get done the way you did it, the how professional it was, how comprehensive it was. It, it was a lot of headaches as well. You know, we got to deal with <laughs> dealing with people, yeah. <laughs> but you never gave up. You know, for me it's easy to give up certain things when I'm just upset with people. Primarily you always you always have to deal with people, but you didn't give up. You were ready for it. Um how was it? How did you come up with that idea, um, of doing the the awards?
1: Well, I think, um, th- there were no awards at the time, right? That was the biggest reason. No. Nobody else was doing it. There wasn't anything there. We wanted to kind of recognize the hobby and, and and how it was growing and, and changing and, and give some recognition to these companies that were doing such amazing things. Um, and yeah, the idea originally was some kind of like, almost like a March Madness type format, but uh, yeah. uh, it changed over the years. And um, yeah, that was the main thing. No one else was doing it. And I thought it'd be a good idea to to expose people to more than what they just collect, right? Like there's more to it than just sideshow. And uh, even though at the time their sideshow was the biggest and it definitely had the biggest market share, but um, yeah, that was the biggest reason just, uh, Do something someone else isn't doing and, um, you know, expose the collectors to the entire hobby, not just the niche that they collect.
0: Now, my question is, how do you get into statue collecting?
1: Well, for me, it was um, my wife and I went to Comic-Con one year. I think it was 2010, around there. And, of course, Sideshow has a huge display booth there and that was my first time seeing a statue i'd seen them online and thought oh man Mm -hmm. i'd like to buy one of those but in my head i'm thinking there's no way they could look this good right when you actually get it Mm -hmm. but then you see them at comic-con it's like yeah they look pretty good so i actually ordered my first statue and we got back from the (laughs) back to the hotel that day so it was kind of funny uh that was back in the days when um you could actually go to Comic Con, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we just thought one day, hey, let's go to Comic Con. So we went online, and got tickets. Of course, now you know, it's a huge gong show to get.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: year in advance, and you have to yeah. si- you know sign up and line up. Um, and um, it, and were you before you got into Statue Form? Were you at SciShow Freaks?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was there. and I was kind of participated on on both forms a little bit, um, but yeah, then moved over or the statue form more frequently over the years, yeah.
0: Now let me ask you this, um, now that you mentioned um the, the, the statue, but um what do you, do you consider a collector at heart? Like you were became a collector then or were you collecting things before?
1: Oh my whole you... life, yeah. <laughs> I've been collecting stuff my whole life. It started with um He Man, you know, Master of the Universe and then G. I Joe it, Ninja turtles, and then comic books, and then hockey cards. It, <laughs> it's been one thing or another my whole life, really. So, always been a collector.
0: Now, well, yeah, I think I think that um, you know, like you said, um, it's hard to really pinpoint. I know some some collectors collect one specific thing, but uh, I think the collector in nature. Um, it's a person that just loves to collect so many things, you know, like you may have a idea to create some display at some point, but then perhaps you're you change into something else. Maybe you love Marvel for the time being, but then perhaps you want to go into D.C. or you want to explore more of the, the Star Wars uh, over the years. Have you changed, uh, you know, your uh, so right now I can see in the background for those who are watching this, If you know, uh, for those who are listening. Uh, we can see on the background he has a display of his Marvel, uh primarily marble stuff, uh, you know, statues. Uh, have you changed over, to, like over the years? There, you in constant change, movement from one franchise to the other, from one company to the other.
1: Um, as far as uh, the characters and things, I kind of started off with mostly Marvel, and I branched out, did more DC and uh, various other. Stuff I've, you, know, I've, you can see the back. I've got a Predator and a Judge Dredd and stuff. Yeah. And, then, and then kind of as the years went on, I kind of went backwards a little bit, back to mostly Marvel. And I got my collection right now is, is primarily X-Men. Mm-hmm. I got some Spider-Man stuff and I got some Daredevil stuff. And then, you know, just a handful of other stuff that doesn't fall into those categories. So I kind of started small and then expanded real quick and then, and then back. And streamlined into more the stuff that I really want, you know, because um, it, it's all nice stuff. You, you like it and, and you pre-order stuff and it looks great when you get it. But then how bad do I really want it? Mm-hmm. You know, so I ended up selling so much stuff, you know, so I just kind of stepped back a little bit.
2: So
0: in this case, do you consider yourself a collector? So I, I imagine I, I would say that um, more than a hoarder. Because um you always streamlining your collection, tuning the collection, doing changes here and there. Was that would that be the case or do you have some of that hoarding side?
1: The hoarding? Um That's I said, like I, I used to buy stuff that I thought looked cool. And as I when I was doing more reviews and stuff, I would buy stuff that I thought looked good and then I liked it.
2: Just to but, review yeah.
1: To do review it. And and that was a bad habit to get into. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, I got so, it. So,
1: and you get it, you get, you know, a house full of boxes and, and stuff all over the place. And so now I'd say my statue collection is pretty much complete. I only have one statue on pre-order right now, mm-hmm. which is the lowest since I bought that first one that I just told you about like mm-hmm. back in 2010. So, you know, you can kind of see behind me that there's not much room. No. I don't have any room left. So that's it. It's my collection. So if I'm gonna get something else, it's gonna to have to replace one of these pieces that I already have on display. Mm-hmm. So
0: now I know that when um you know, when you started doing the, the, the awards that by the way, um I don't think they have been there's any other that can compare to the awards that you did. Um because of the way you handle it, the way you you approach it. Um, I've seen other awards, other other YouTubers are doing some Facebook groups are doing awards, even IGN copy at some point. I remember we had this conversation, the format and they yeah. came up with their own awards, which is kind of weird the way they did it. But I I've always love um, you know, how you did it, but I imagine it was a lot of work trying to come up with so much information, trying to keep up with all the releases. Was, was that a stressful? You were you stressed because Uh, of
1: it? It was stressful, it was a lot of work. Um, and that's the part that people don't really see, they just see the the end product and the voting links, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a it's really was a year long thing and tracking what's supposed to come out, what did come out, how did it turn out? Um, you know, trying to watch if there's reviews available of, of all these pieces to see, um. How it turned out, and you know, some of them. I there were a few years there where I was getting out to the comic cons and, and stuff, so I had seen a lot of this stuff. Um, but you don't see all of it, and so you rely on other reviewers. And now, and they're painting how it turned out. Collectors, all their photos. Um, so it, it was a lot of work, and and as you know, over the years since since year one when we first did it, there's way more companies now producing stuff, and then years into it we kind of opened the the pandora's box of anime.
2: Yes. And
1: uh, anime statues are like there's so many and it's really hard to keep track of those because the the unlicensed ones are just as popular or more popular than the licensed ones and we didn't include the unlicensed ones. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard to tell what was what. <laughs> uh, so that was a lot of stress and um and then come voting time it, it was stressful too because you know I think a lot of people enjoyed the event, but, but you only ever heard from the people who didn't, right. If their statue wasn't their favorite statue, wasn't there. Oh, this is crap. It's rigged. You know, what are you doing? You moron. And, and you get called <laughs> all kinds of names. And then as it got bigger, you even had some companies reach out and say, Hey, why aren't, is not our statue there? How come <laughs> you didn't pick us? And what? And it's like, you know, <laughs> sorry guys. Like it, because the way we, the way we did it for people who don't know is what we would would come up with a kind of a short list of nominations, kind of like the Oscars or whatever with mm-hmm. best picture and and then people would could vote on that, and we'd always give the options people could write in their own statue if there was on a list, they could vote for whatever they wanted, but that, that didn't matter. it just mattered that if their statue wasn't on the list then mm-hmm. I was you wrong. Know? <laughs> you know so no. there it, it did get very stressful and, and you kind of had to just be good at tuning out the haters, I the guess. Noise.
0: <laughs> I remember, uh, because to be honest with you, man, I'm telling you, um, and I tell our viewers and listeners, um, I remember like when the list came up, we have to do the voting, which technically was, we were doing it every, I think every quarter, you have to kind of streamline the numbers or whatever uh, for the final voting before it goes live for the, you know, for people to vote. Man, it's like when you send us the, the email says, here's a list you have to pick this and choose. And I'm going through the list and I'm like, man, it's like, cause in my mind, like you said, you already have a favorite. You know, I think we all have biases and we like this, but all of a sudden you pair it toward against another piece that in my mind, I think is artistically, uh, superior. And now I'm in like in this bind that I don't know what to choose. It was, it was rough to vote for the right thing because in my mind, I love this character. But this other character, which which is not my favorite, actually, the, the art here, it's 10 times better. You know, and it was a tough choice because you want to pick the company that you're more familiar with. But these other companies are bringing the house down with what they're doing. They're, there's amazing work. So it wasn't easy. I know a lot of people that, like you said, uh, they only see the final product, but they don't see the work and sometimes the frustration that goes alongside it. Uh, and definitely that was an experience to me that I, to be honest with you, I loved it. But I would not like to be part of it again, in the sense of how <laughs> stressful it was. But it he, was, he, yeah. yeah, but he set a precedent, which is an amazing thing—the precedent that you know we have to make this in a more professional way. And it, it was, to me, that was an experience. Um, if there was yeah, anything, you move can change, on, sorry, no, it's okay.
1: I just want to say, uh, a, a good friend of mine named Marco uh, would do all the graphics. Yes, every year he's a graphic designer. And uh, he did an amazing job. Every year we tried to come up with a theme for that year's event. So last year it was, um, it was all Seinfeld themed. So we had all the banners and stuff looking like a Seinfeld DVD box. Uh And um, so he he did a great job with that. So um, I wasn't, of course, wasn't doing it alone. you helped out and and Marco helped out and there was other people along the way. So um, it was a team effort for sure.
0: Now, if you could, and I know you still continue with the, uh, the you know, with the awards now, with the, now the Bimuda Awards. If there's anything of the, when it was Statue Forum Awards, if there was anything that you could change back then,
2: what would you change? Um,
1: I think it, it was hard when we first, when we first incorporated the anime, that's when people really started to lose their minds. Mm-hmm. okay because they just couldn't people who collect superhero stuff could not wrap their head around an anime piece and why it was competing and it shouldn't even be there in their opinion but at the time it was really just sumi sumi yeah. was the biggest and there was other stuff that they said licensed stuff sumi was the biggest licensed anime company so we couldn't have their own category at that time mm-hmm. it didn't warrant a whole nother category just for anime stuff Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but I kind of wish I had tried a little harder, maybe, to to make one because separating them. Because a few years later, we did separate them, mm-hmm. and that kind of um, eased the tension a little bit. <laughs> so we could have a best anime statue and a best other. Uh, to, typically, it was superhero scene themed uh, thing, right? Um, but yeah, that would be one thing I would probably try mm-hmm. to do a little better. You know.
2: Yeah, I think
0: uh, I remember what was that? Yeah, to be honest, I did. I knew little about Sumit. I didn't know much about Sumit when were when they won that year. The Statue of the Year, which a lot of people said that it was rigged because. um, You know, because, you know, they were comparing one, you know, one thing to the other, but the thing what I I think uh, Sumit understood was that the importance of the and I was going to be grateful to that company for doing that. They saw the potential of having an award you know attached to their name so they went into social media and they promoted hey vote for us vote for us other companies didn't take it seriously and that's the reason in my opinion that they won because they saw we need to attach an award to our name for people to see how legitimate as a company we are and i feel that some companies never got into that boat because Unfortunately, I feel that sometimes uh, awards can get to the place where people feel, well, they're going to vote for us or they, they think that we are going to give them the prize. But in reality, it's not us. And that's the, what I love about the the way you formatted or created the awards. It was about the community voting and the community coming to a decision what they thought was best. So in reality, it's at the end is the community voting and assigning who is the champion of that year. Uh, so to me that was I was uh, always impressed about that because it was impressive I was blown away and I didn't expect that win from Sume that year. Um but it was an amazing piece of art. Of course now Sumi is doing amazing stuff, still doing stuff. I think they're at the top of the anime stuff with other companies. But they they took pride of it, you know. They took pride of that win and uh, I know also, so, you know, that was a big Primark. part of it,
1: man. Um Sume wanted it. And, and it was big to, for them at the time because they were the only anime company in it. They wanted to win. They wanted to show that, that their stuff was Down just good. And so they, um, they took it seriously. And you're right. They did mm-hmm. uh, promote on their various channels uh, to go vote. And other companies would do that along the way, too. Iron Studios did that a lot. Um, Sideshow never did. They ignored it. They did pretend it didn't happen. Um, But XM did it a few times. Prime 1 at the beginning did and then uh, didn't. uh, But that's a a different story.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, because I remember, like, I would say with Prime 1, they uh, initially, of course, now they're celebrating, what, their 10th anniversary or something like that. uh, And they've been promoting that. But initially, Prime 1 wanted to have a name. You know, they wanted to build their name and reputation. And they were using, I remember, the awards as... Hey, we won the first year's award, like the statue of the year. So they were using it a lot. And uh, now, of course, you know, they do an amazing. What do you think about Prime 1 Studio right now? I'm talking about Prime 1. Do you think they are at the top right now as a company? Or do you think there's other companies out there at the same level? It's tough
1: to say. I think um, they're up there. I think there's a handful of companies that you could put at the top. Um, but prime one's doing really cool stuff. They're also doing some things that's kind of rubbing people the wrong way. As you probably saw, they Mm re-released previous statues in different scales and, um, you know, so-called grails are now available again, uh, in different scales and, um, and collars. So, but they don't seem to care about that. They're going to do what's best for them. Um, but they're doing really cool stuff. I, I really like that predator, for example, They just came out with, I have the one of them, the earlier one uh, over my shoulder here, uh-huh. uh, but they came out with the bigger, bigger, better one now. And, uh, it looks really good. So, um, I, I like a lot of their stuff. Um, I don't have a lot of their stuff because they just don't make the characters that I want. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, they don't make X-Men. They don't if make they Marvel. did, I'd be in trouble. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> So, what other companies are right now um, you seeing right now that they they have a they're growing? What companies are you are you mo- most excited about? Just even even you're not a I would say a collector of their stuff. Uh, the stuff that makes you exciting, you know, it's the stuff that is exciting that makes you excited. What companies?
1: Well, do you I think, think I think uh, Queen Studios is doing some really cool stuff. Uh, they've had a little bit of trouble on the QC side, I think, mm-hmm. recently, but their their prototypes and a lot of their final products are really good uh infinity studio is a uh, similar company another chinese company um and uh all that hyper real stuff you know they're using different materials with the silicone and the glass eyes and it looks like you have the actor mm-hmm. sitting in your basement basically that, that kind of stuff is really cool because i think it really propelled the whole hobby forward um so those are three kind of innovations that that really caught my eye. I don't have any of them, mm-hmm. but uh, they look great. Um, but other than that, you know, there's, there's still like, the, I guess, the tried and true companies, XM still doing really cool stuff. Um, Iron Studio still doing really cool stuff. They're really pumping out all those one-tenth scale. Like they've really um, taken over that smaller scale market. Um, figarama's doing some really cool stuff you yeah. know these days so um lots lots of great companies out there uh, but yeah it, the one that caught my eye was those super realistic uh life-size busts and things from from queen studios and
2: infinity and um you think right now like
0: Do you think SciShow? uh, And this is more like a tech. Well, we're going into it now because I know that a lot of people always say this that the this companies are going to be the demise of SciShow for this or that reason. Do you think that's true? Do you think that this um, companies will take away uh, business from SciShow? They're already doing it, but do you think they're going to harm SciShow in the long run and future wise?
1: Well, the thing that SciShow has going for them, I think, is they own the license for the US mm-hmm. for a lot of for Marvel for um I think the east they may not have it for DC anymore but I know they still have They started yeah. So you can't sell a one quarter scale Marvel statue legally in the US or Canada without going through Sideshow. So they their distribution side of things I think will keep them in business. Um but they're they're making less and less of their own stuff if if you've noticed over the years I mean mm-hmm. they, they have really just a handful of their own statues it seems like in a year and where it used to be way more than that and and they're mostly selling prime one now or how they've got queen studios on their website they've got all the like hundreds and hundreds of different styles of collectibles on their website now it's even sometimes you get lost looking through it all
2: yes do you get um do you miss the old days from Sci-Show? Uh
1: I guess so. I I like having the 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 options now. There's more stuff out there um, rather than just Sideshow's take on a character. Like back in those days, you know, if I wanted a a Daredevil statue, that was the only one I could get was Sideshow's. And take it or leave it. Now there's a handful of them out there, and I kind of like other ones better. You know, Um, so I I, yes and no. I think. uh, you know, the older collectors like like ourselves would say, you know, the quality was better back then. You know, the lower edition sizes were were good for collectors. Um, there was more um, collectability in their in their pieces. Now, mm-hmm. as they make them in the thousands, and uh, the QC is really hit and miss. Um, so I do miss parts of it, but I like the selection, the modern selection. Yes,
0: and. Bringing, you're mentioning now, um, you know, the, the things that we're seeing now with high edition sizes and stuff. How do you see this hobby moving forward right now? Because I know that right now there is a lot of discussions, a lot of frustration uh, uh, from collectors in reference to price point, in reference to the collectible value of things. Do you think that uh, we are going to see uh, increase in this hobby or uh, in this industry or a decrease of the industry? How do you see it right now?
1: You know, I, I've been thinking for a lot of years that that these prices can't sustain themselves. Uh, but I've been wrong year after year after year. because yeah. there's more stuff, prices keep going up, statues keep getting bigger and more complicated. Um, so I guess it'll, it'll keep going until people say no. Like I've kind of said no. Um, you know, I had a couple bigger statues. I actually have the Venom bust uh mm-hmm. it's not on the screen here but that shipping on that was insane
2: and that queen was studios? that was my
1: the okay. queen studios okay yeah and um that was for me was really my tipping point that i kind of said no i'm not gonna do it anymore um, i'll write i'll i'll continue with the pre-orders i have i'll buy them uh or honor the the pre-order i guess and uh that was it and now like i said i'm down to to one now i haven't bought any new statues in a long time um i bought a few kits uh so i'm, I'm kind of learning how to paint and, and and build kits and that's been that's been keeping me in in the vault of the hobby i guess
0: yeah i've seen some of your work uh, that you share on facebook um and i think also doing it on instagram the stuff that you've been doing lately and it looks pretty good um is that where you're seeing yourself doing more of that? Where there are more custom, or doing your own stuff, doing more of those kits?
1: Uh, I'd like to. You know, I, I'm enjoying it. I, I, I like uh, learning the techniques and how to improve and, and get you know the look that I want. That's what I like best about it, right? I can right now. I'm working on a, a wolverine, the brown costume. It's exactly the colors that I want, right? It's the shade of brown that I want, and orange or whatever. Um, so I like that part of it. Um the kits though aren't exactly cheap either. No, <laughs> you know, and that's that's the problem uh there. But I do um I do enjoy it. I do have another one. I got a Captain Britain that I'm gonna do next. Mm-hmm. And um so when you when you kind of get into that world, you can maybe get some of those more niche characters mm-hmm. um that the licensed companies won't do. And um again, it's kind of tailor all the colors to exactly how you want it to look so that's been fun
0: yeah i'd seen that you know it's something that um it's amazing because um i think a lot of people that come into the hobby like i did um when i started in the hobby there was no many um companies around uh there were that was even before SciShow existed um i came in the early 2000s i started to collecting statues back then it was only you have um, it was uh Bowen Designs, it was uh DC Direct, that wasn't before DC Collectibles and Warner Brothers. So there were other companies, but everything was small, everything was Bowen scale. That was the biggest mm-hmm. stuff you can have. Then I took a break when I was married, I got involved in ministry, so I was with my wife for five years. And during those five years, that's when SciShow came about. So when I came back to the hobby in 2007, perhaps. Uh, SciShow was already 2008, 2000, that's, that's, those are the golden years of SciShow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's the first thing I started collecting was SciShow stuff. Uh, because I was impressed you know, with the quality, with the stuff, quarter-scale stuff, huge stuff. And for some reason, it's kind of e- evolved because I was running out of space and I started going into, go back to Bowen designs. And those years, Bowen was doing even better stuff. So I went into, I lowered the scale size. And um I, right now I see that, um you know, like like you said, you know, the companies are doing amazing work, but these companies are producing, they're going into the one-third route. And that's just, I remember when one-third came about, you know, people thought it would just be like a niche thing. But now it's becoming like, everybody wants to have a one-third or nothing. It was a, a time where one a quarter scale was the top of the line. Everybody wanted quarter scale. But now it's like, do you think that the one third scale is going to take over quarter scale? Or do you think that this big piece is not only even quarter scale pieces now are huge? Do you think that um, that is the future for this hobby, for at least for statue collectors?
1: Bigger? Uh, I don't think so. I, you know, my theory about the one third scale is more, as, as I mentioned before, licensing they can get these companies can get the one-third scale license they can't get the one-quarter scale because some other company has it um that was my theory anyways um but the one-thirds are really big i have a couple i have that the magneto mm. uh, that came out recently from legendary beast and, and it's, mm. it's enormous i love it but i can't imagine having a, a room full of them um, they're they're amazing statues but um at some point as i said at some point i think people have to realize these this is too much mm-hmm. it's too big uh this is too much stuff it's too expensive and um you know maybe go back to one quarter scale or whatever but so i i don't think so i think it's here to stay i don't think it's going away but i don't i don't think it'll take over no
0: yeah because um yeah i remember when the first one third came out i think in this case the first One-third scale piece that I ever saw, or the first one that I remember, was Hollywood Collectibles. Hollywood Collectibles came up with a Wolverine and a Ryu from Street Fighter. I think it was when uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 came out. Um, Mm -hmm. Ryu, Ryu. um, So they produced a one-third. And everybody was raving about those two pieces. They didn't produce anything else. Those are the only two pieces they produced. I think they did a Dante, too. They were one third and the price for those were like six hundred dollars, which back then still it was like when you were used to paying three yeah. three hundred and fifty dollars for a quarter scale, it was uh, some pocket change. But now six hundred dollars, when I'm looking at even Kotobukiya producing six hundred dollars for a one six scale piece, not even a one six because yeah, as you know how all messed up the scales are. Yeah. And uh, companies like sume or other companies doing one-six scale animate stuff for a thousand dollars or more, then definitely mm-hmm. it's like I feel that the prices are completely out of line right now, you know. And of course, you know the cost of production, all of that. What is your opinion about this pricing? But you know, the the amazing thing is that people are still buying. That's the thing, you know. People still have the that's, money for that's it. That's
1: the thing that blows me away. Uh, as I said, every year I'm like, oh, people are gonna, they're gonna stop. They're not gonna buy this stuff anymore, but they are. People are still buying it. I'm not buying it anymore, as I said. But um, I'm just—I'm kind of priced out And it. It's not even so much the statue; it's the shipping that comes along with it. Back when when I first started, Sideshow would ship me, uh, you know, a quarter scale statue, FedEx, a two day FedEx, uh, for like 25 bucks. It was 25 bucks mm-hmm. for shipping. It's hundreds now, and if you want stuff. There's other stuff from overseas, uh, XM or, or some of the Prime One stuff, Creed Studios, it's coming uh, across the ocean. That's thousands of dollars for shipping. And uh, I just I can't do it anymore. And, I, and I, I hear and read a lot of people saying the same thing, but yet
2: they
0: still people it.
1: coming in that don't know any different. And that's, this is so as long as they have that new uh, influx of people new to the hobby that don't know any different
2: um big thing is normal yeah
1: (laughs) yeah it's normal so i guess it'll keep going
0: yeah because you know this is the thing for like you know we are always you know as you know this all the time that you've been in this hobby and all the time that i've been in the hobby there's always going to be the naysayers it's always going to be the doom and gloom preachers always going to be the people they say and it's the end this is the end this is the end. But the end, you know, the end is night, but it never comes. Every week, there's something new, like a new company shows up with something very different, very unique, and and people are going for it, and people are buying and paying thousands and thousands of dollars for it. And I, I would say that for every person that walks out, there's perhaps another 10 that will join the, rank, the ranks. You know, it's just, and uh, do you think in this case, social media, of course, social media is the one that is driving this because that's how people get to know about it. Do you think that that is a factor, Uh, also the pressure and the, you know, people praising these companies, praising these products? I think that also it's creating that bubble um, that we are in now because of the constant invasion. In this case, you're bombarded with all this information, with all these new products and companies and how amazing they are and all that.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, FOMO is real. FOMO, yeah. Right? Um, People don't want to miss out. So they pre-order and I think they end up with stacks and stacks of pre-orders. And, you know, it's every day you see people trying to sell off pre-orders at discounts, you know, and assuming because they had too many or or would have just just decided they didn't want it anymore. You know, these things, you pre-order it as a year and you think about it for a year and maybe you don't want it as much as you thought you did.
2: Um, Uh, Have you ever sold a
1: pre-order? Have you ever sold a pre-order? I've never sold one. No, I've canceled some. Yeah, um, I have, uh, and you take a little bit of a hit uh, for the non-refundable deposit. But I did exactly that. I thought uh, I can't think of a one that I've canceled off the top of my head. But let's say it was a Captain America or something. I did have a Captain America on order that so looked great. I said, and I got I bought into the hype. Oh, got to get this thing. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And then a few months later, I'm like, I don't collect Captain America stuff. You know, I had zero Captain America stuff in my whole house. Like, I don't need that. So, I, I you know, you lose the fifty bucks, but it's better than spending the six hundred and, and then selling it for half price later, or whatever.
0: That is the amazing thing right now that I that I do see, which is it, it it blows my mind. Um, because I remember when I was, you know, when early on in the hobby, when you know, the golden age of SciShow, whatever, or the other companies it was always easy to make a little bit of profit out of the stuff that you sold. You know, I remember buying something for little or for less or whatever for the, the, in this case, the market, the price that they had, and then turn it around and sell it for profit. And there were times where I make good profit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I, that could actually uh, pretty much um, help me to buy the next thing or just, uh, you know, to pay for something else. But now, it's been a couple of years since I sold because I got tired of always getting screwed, you know, when it was making money because I knew that I would start, I would lose money. It, technically, you're giving it away. Uh, you're not making anything. Um, and it's 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 sad, but it's to the point where right now, like you said, a lot of people selling the pre-orders for what they pay or less. or You know, like there's so much stuff. They, the the market's full of it that people are trying to get rid of stuff so they can buy something new but they're not getting their money back. And to me, that's unreal. Um, do you think uh, in this case that, you know, and I know sometimes people say what, you know, people shouldn't be buying for the investment purposes, but do you think that's true? Do you think that the hobby should still be an investment or just simply be uh, for you just to buy things because you love the character or whatever?
1: You know, I'm, I'm, I'm torn on that a little bit. Okay. Uh, the, of course, I have the collector side of me that you want to get something that that is value. And can hold its value. And I've been in that boat where I've had to sell stuff and I've lost a ton of money doing it um, just because I needed to make the space or to try and fund the next purchase, uh, as you said. Um, So there's that side of it for sure. The other side of it is, well, if it looks good, like some of the statues you can see behind me aren't exactly rare, Mm -hmm. you know, but I like them. And they look great. And it's a character that I want. So I have it and I'm happy with it. Um, So there's a little bit of both, right? For sure.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah, it, you're right on that. Uh It's just something that I think the more you spend time in this hobby, the more you realize that it's not a black and white situation. You know, like people think that it's it should be that you should invest money. Other people say that you shouldn't care about those things. But to me, it's... I think the longer, of course, we all come to this at first, like you mentioned, when you saw the first statue, you were pretty much in love with that statue and you went up to your first statue, you bought the first one. I think we all came like this to this hobby. We saw one thing, we fell in love. We didn't know anything about that, you know, about the hobby or whatever. We just bought it. We didn't know, the, you know if it was a good price or not. We just bought it. But as you know, the longer you're in this hobby, you realize that it's a, it's a, it's a technically a constant thing that you got to keep doing. You constantly changing, evolving that collection, and sometimes you, that means that you have to get rid of things, you know, because whether it's this, you're, you're limited with your space. Whether you want to purchase something else that you think it improves on the and, and on the quality or the art of the stuff that you had before, because you know, let's face it, we kind of, you know, we sometimes some pieces that older pieces are not as good or as detailed as the pieces that are coming out now. So you want to just technically improve your collection so you move on but you know it's getting to the point where you know you're losing money or you're not making anything and definitely you start thinking more okay i need to be more careful how you spend my money like how much i'm paying on things and you know, all of that um now that you've saying that you are moving away uh, are you thinking about just to take a break from the statue collecting or you are just simply ready to with stature collecting. How do you feel about it right now?
1: Uh I I can't say that I that I would quit. Like uh I'm not gonna be actively buying as, as like I was before. Um it's gonna have to be something that I want. Like I've got a hit list of characters that I don't have yet that I want. Right? Like a hobgoblin okay. I really would like a hobgoblin. So if one of those came out and I liked it, I'd buy it and find somewhere to put it. Um but you know as far as you know do i need another spider-man no right do i need another wolverine probably not um so i'm feeling pretty satisfied with where my collection is right now and i have for a while i haven't felt that urge to to buy everything under the sun like i used to mm-hmm. um so i'm definitely i'll never say i'm out like i said i've been a collector my whole life i, I love this, stuff, this Statues have been a huge part of my life for the last 10 or 12 years. Um, you know, with doing the reviews and traveling around and meeting people all over the place and, and just having this cool stuff, you know, to open up and look at. And, um, so no, I I'm, I'm not going to leave the hobby, but uh definitely dialed back. Um, I haven't done a review in a long time. I have we didn't do the awards this year to be honest. Um, just cuz I didn't feel like it anymore you know mm-hmm. um so it's not that my interest level has died down i still see the new stuff on facebook and i think it looks amazing but mm-hmm. i don't feel the urge to buy it anymore i think i i feel good about that
0: now that you mentioned that you know you're traveling because you did uh, extensive travel uh, i remember you were doing a lot of stuff you were travel you traveled to malaysia i think uh, singapore you were with singapore. some singapore you were with some of this uh, you visited XM. You were involved in, you know, you've been you, you have come to the United States, of course, uh to Comic Con a couple of times, do coverage to the the events and stuff. Have you been at New York Comic Con as well? I think. Have you? Yeah. yeah. Have you done cover uh, coverage there too?
1: Yeah. So I, I the travel was really probably the biggest perk along uh-huh. the years of uh doing the reviews and putting all that time and effort in. That was that was the payoff for me so I, I did get a chance to go to Singapore and visit the XM guys that was awesome I got to you know this I haven't seen their new uh new facility but their old their old one and um, saw the Singapore comic con with them and got to help them set up and and all that I've been kind of behind the scenes at uh, the new york comic con with them mm-hmm. uh, helped you know again the setup procedures set up and tear down and all that that's always kind of neat to see how fast those booths go up. And get taken down because they got to move on to the next event Mm -hmm. inside there, right? But I've done New York twice. I've done San Diego, I think, three times. Uh, Singapore once. And I went to the Tokyo Wonder Festival. Okay. Which is, uh, as you might expect, more of an anime thing. Mm -hmm. I was there with Figurama two times. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was awesome. You know, we got to travel the world, like I said, and meet all these great people. And uh, that was by far the best part about
0: doing it what is the thing that you have loved? you know as you mentioned you love the traveling which I, in my opinion is amazing to, to get to 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 know these places that otherwise you may not get to if it wasn't for being part of this community um but you come into all these places and meeting all these people um do you think that that's perhaps the best part of the hobby and uh, the fact that you get to meet a lot of people from so many different places
1: for sure yeah for sure um, cause th- there's people that, that I still became good friends with that live on the other side of the world. And I talk to them about, um, non statue stuff. It's, it's been great. You know, I've met people like yourself across uh, the United States, across Canada. Some of my better friends today are in, you know, locally, or I met through statue community. Um, but, uh, for sure. that's the best been the best part over the years.
0: Yeah, like for example, in my case, um, I remember, um, I was in that when I started when I went back to statue collecting, um, in two thousand or two thousand eight, two thousand nine, something like that. I remember that was a, a low point in my life. You know, we we um we lost, or well, my wife lost a baby. That was in a very dark time, you know, personally, mm-hmm. um, and I was so involved with work and. I started, you know, doing, you know, more of my work. I was so involved in I, I just it was the only way to kinda of escape my reality and how angry I was with the situation. But um that's when I started kind of going into looking at online I found the statues and stuff like that. And I got into it. But one day I would say the same thing as you mentioned. Um a, I I have built so many relationships and friends and people that I got to meet, like for example you that otherwise I had never met. And I think it's been in so many ways like a therapy for me uh, to be able to relate with people and talk about things that are not necessarily about life and work but i uh, talk about like the geeky stuff you know like collectibles which is <laughs> everything is geek. Yeah. And it, what amazes me is that no matter where you at in the world there's a lot of people that share or have the same sentiments like you in reference to a lot of these beloved characters that we grew up watching whether it was cartoons or reading the comics or you know the things that we did and to me it's amazing, and I know the best part of it is I feel that that stigma has been lifted because for the longest I remember back in the day, you know like I wouldn't talk to my friends about my statues because you know they know my friends I would say my coworkers slash friends um because they couldn't understand you know they saw the geeky world as just a stupid you know some people that haven't grown up and they you're immature, even family members that didn't see it, but this community brings it to people that they share the same thing. And you realize that being a geek is not such a bad thing after all, you know, to love and all this kind of thing. And that to me, that's been amazing. I feel that that has changed. Uh, And I see that with social media now, like, you know, like a lot of people now are fans where there is because they've been watching the movies. Now, a lot of people became fans of comics because they've been watching the MCU stuff. And is there um, anything that you feel that right now with the, the geek world, are you so, Happy to see certain, I would say, franchises come to life, whether it's in statue form or whether it's in movies. Any any franchises that you're looking at, um, that you're you're thinking, wow, it's it's amazing. Is there anything that you would love to see um, coming to be actually produced in statue form as well?
1: Well, yeah, the the amount of pop culture stuff. I mean, the let's look at the MCU, right? And and how expanded it's become. There's three or four movies a year now. Uh, I, I think it's going a little bit downhill, but mm-hmm. up until Endgame for me, I mean, I look, looked forward to those movies several times a year. I would go be there opening night and ready to watch them, and I mean, who would have thought that we would have had, you know, the Infinity Gauntlet in movie form mm-hmm. across 10 years? Like, that's incredible. Um I personally loved the Daredevil show on Netflix. It was, was amazing. one of my favorites. I mean, yeah. that was incredible. Like, I never thought he'd ever get something like that. Um, so, yeah, of course, we're getting uh, shows uh, coming to life that of, of characters that I never would have expected, for sure. Um, as far as stuff, you know, shows, I guess, becoming statues, um, I can't think of one at the moment, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I'm sure they're out there. I mean, you see it. I mean, Avatar just came out, so it's got their statues coming out, mm-hmm. and they look kind of neat. I, I don't, nothing not I would buy, but they still look nice, right? Okay. Uh, yeah.
0: Now you're talking about the avatar, which is you you print, you know, you brought it. Um, I haven't even watched the movie yet. I, I don't know if you have watched it, but I haven't. I haven't had the opportunity to go uh, because I was. Yeah, sick. the
1: second one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you watch it? Did you like it?
1: It was good, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. It's not the greatest movie I ever saw, but it it, it was maybe a little bit long. Um, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed
0: it. Yeah, I didn't you know, get most a chance. of the
1: movies. It has to be pretty bad for me to walk out of there thinking, "Oh, that <laughs> sucked," you know. Uh, and I have in the past, but uh, but not many. It's usually worth the time. Uh, I, I like going to movies, so it was it was all right.
0: Now what do you think like you have two two sons uh, you mentioned earlier before they, they they you know we started this podcast you know one is what nine and eleven, so they're yep. in that age um have you um do you make them part of your hobbies are they part of it like do you make it part of like do they love your to look at your statues and stuff do you train them yeah. to take care of them
1: <laughs> that's right they they know have to touch them that's for sure um but yeah, they like looking at it but you know they, they're they're kind of becoming their own people now too. Um, uh, I've also brainwashed them into becoming sports junkies like myself. I, I you know religiously follow the NHL and mm-hmm. NBA and, and baseball and all that, and they're doing the same and and they love it. And I, I just think that's great to see. Um, so they're they're you know becoming their own people. They still like the statues, but um you know they're they're their own people now.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: yeah Yeah, i think that's one thing that i always um you know perhaps i fail you know I, i did you know my daughter is already grown she's married and all that but um i think early on um you know my my daughter was younger and i didn't really involve her as much with my hobbies um because it was my own thing and for some reason perhaps i thought you know she's a girl she's not gonna like it although i think she i made it part of um which is amazing um of the gaming side, you know, I, I'm a gamer. She's a gamer, uh, not mm-hmm. as much as of a gamer, but she was telling me that, do you play, uh, the last of us or something, or do you watch the last of us? I'm sorry. The last, the show she's been watching it lately. And because she played the game, you know, like she was little, she was <coughs> playing the last of us, you know, like my wife didn't let us, she didn't let her do it, but I let her play. But we, <laughs> we kind of shared that bond with gaming and stuff. And, um, but yeah, didn't with the statue side, she wasn't ever really involved because, You know, I I don't know. I didn't thought about it, So it's good that you kind of keep your I can say uh, to teach your kids. And, you know, if I can do it again, I would do it again. You know, I will learn. I learned from that mistake, Um, involving more into your hobbies, you know, into what you do. Mm -hmm. And it's good that you do that with your sons. Now, you're really getting close to to the end of this this podcast. Um, Now. I would like to ask you this, like, I know that there are many people out there. Uh, there are many people in this hobby that they have come for the first time, and uh, they they that navigating in through the, all the, the the stuff, you know, whether it's the FOMO, where there is the the pressure, where there is uh, you know how to adapt a collectible, you know, they want to get it also into statue reviews perhaps, and they build their own channels. What kind of advice can you give uh, them um, that you? You know, There's so much you can tell, I'm I'm sure, but is there any advice that you would tell anybody that wants to kind of follow in your footsteps?
1: I would say don't buy stuff that you know you're not going to want or that you think you might not want. Don't buy stuff just because it looks cool, because I I fell into that trap for sure. Um, So there's that. Uh, For anybody who may be looking to do reviews or, or social media stuff, do it. You know, start your own channel and do it for yourself. Don't, don't submit to somebody else's channel. Uh, don't do it under someone else's name. I made that mistake, you know, with the Statue Forum channel back in mm-hmm. the day. I should have, you know, followed in your footsteps and had my own channel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but so I learned that way. Um, so that's my biggest piece of advice. If you do it, do it on your own channel. Do it for yourself and uh, build up your own channel that way.
0: Well, I want to say, Chris, um, I, I thank you for your time. Um, you know, we definitely, you're a person again, like I mentioned, I admire very much. I, I know that everything you do, you give your, your best and I know you're always going to be successful at that. I can see that. Uh, I'm sure that even this new venture that you're doing with the the painting, uh, which, uh, you know, doing the kids, which I've been following your post and reference to it. Um, And I think it's coming along really nice. And I think there's a new chapter in your life, which, you know, I, I know that you're going to excel on it. Uh, so I, I commend you for doing it. You know, this is a thing that's something that I also been wanting to do for a long time. I have a couple of kids. They've been packed, you know, boxed in They're They're waiting. They've been years that I've been sitting there for me to do something. And every time, every year I say, I'm going to do it this time, but every year comes and goes and, but uh, you, you're the type of person that I, I. what I love about you is the fact that you whatever you decide to do, you take it, you know, you go with it and uh, you don't look back. And I, I think that's something very admirable, something that is worth of praise. And uh, and I, I want to say, you know, and I know that many people who are watching this or listening uh, to this, they, they can share the same thing. People that, who have followed you, people who know you in the community, how you have become a pillar of the community. Um with the with everything that you have done i know that everyone everyone can say the same thing that they're grateful for what you have done you know and we respect your work i respect your work i respect what you do and uh, definitely um you're a good friend so i, I want to say thank you for what you everything you know not only for your your contribution to the community but also for your friendship oh,
1: yeah thanks very much gp it means a lot well i want to say and quickly to quick yes. sorry quickly um what you said there is like you had some kids you're thinking about painting and a lot of people say that, right? They oh man, I wish I could do it, but I don't know if I'm gonna get it. Just do it. Right? Like that's uh that's another piece of advice. If you want to paint it, paint it. If it sucks, then repaint it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. Or like, hire somebody well, else to <laughs> repaint it. Yeah, or hey,
1: sorry, then then hire someone else at that point. <laughs> Just but uh if you wanna do it, then do it.
0: Yes, that's good advice. Well, my friends, I want to say to all of you, thank you very much for taking the time to watch this. If you're watching on YouTube, also for those who are listening through different platforms, thank you very much. Uh, Is any place, um, Chris, where people can see your work? Um, I will have, of course, links in the description, all of that. Uh, you still have the, the, the website, correct? The B- I have
1: a website. It's, it's bmother.com, So it's b-m-u-t-h-a dot com. Um, I have the YouTube channel. Uh, the, the place where I'm most active is on Instagram. And okay. My Instagram tag is just K Bales, um, so people want to follow, you know, my screw-ups painting there. Uh, <laughs> maybe get some motivation. If, you know, if, if I can do it, they can do it type thing. Uh, that's the best place right there.
0: Yes, and I will have all those links in the description for, um, for whoever is interested to follow. And I, w- I will advise you, even if you're new in this hobby, or you have been here for a long time, you know, if you don't know Chris, and definitely you've been probably under a rock, <laughs> but if you if, if you if you haven't heard of him, if you you don't see him in the community, he's always active and uh, less active now, uh, you know, for the reasons that he mentioned, but he's still active and uh, follow him on Instagram. I also get more on Instagram now because I think it's, uh, there's less drama there than some of the forums, some of the groups yeah, for sure. And so I try to avoid it. So it's a place where you can kind of share your work and, um, uh, you know, just follow him. Uh, we'll have the links in the description. But I want to say to everyone that is watching, thank you. Stay tuned for more episodes. Uh, This is the beginning of this new season. We will have uh, weekly episodes and we have more interviews. And uh, this is a good start. And uh, I'm glad that Chris was able to take the time to be here with us today. So my friends, God bless you. Take care. I will talk to you and we will talk to you again. Bye bye.